0: You're listening to CHARGE, a CCS podcast. Hey, this
1: is Chad Dirksey, uh, and you're listening to the CHARGE podcast. It's an effort from Chattanooga Christian School to help our families understand what's behind the curtain of what we do every day. We want you to know why we're so passionate about Christian schooling. The types of things that we do on a daily basis to create a distinctive experience to help our students understand uh, lots of things about who they are and who God is. And we felt like it would be important after the first few episodes where we talked about the biblical framework, creation, fall, redemption, uh, consummation, that we talked specifically. We thought it would be a good thing to start with um, Bible instruction because we do... We spend a lot of time every year in formal Bible instruction with our students from preschool all the way through 12th grade. So one of the episodes was to talk about Bible instruction specifically to preschool through fifth grade. Uh, This particular episode is going to talk about Bible instructions really from sixth through 12th grade. So our older students, um, and we We teach Bible to our older students in grades 6 through 12 one semester every year uh, in those grades. So I have some new friends with me today, so I'm going to have them introduce themselves and and say what they teach at CCS. So Tim, let's start with you. My
0: name is Tim Baldwin. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm a second year uh, Bible 10 teacher here at CCS, and I also teach... Capstone with seniors, and I teach a junior honors U.S. history class.
2: Um, my name is Barton Stone, and I primarily teach the juniors, uh, but I also teach a section of Freshman Bible, and I am also a Capstone mentor.
3: My name is Courtney Carolyn, and I teach ninth grade Bible, as well as providing like social and emotional and mental health support for our students here at CCL.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things you hear from all three. They all teach Bible um, in our upper school, and you've heard some reference to the capstone at CCS. It's a new uh, project for us where it's like the culminating piece of having our students really think carefully uh, about all the things that they've learned and, and to work through that in a way that helps them even consider how to solve a problem. Uh, So Tim and Barton both are involved in that. We're excited about that. That'll actually be an episode in and of itself as we talk specifically about that capstone project in the future, so you can look forward to that. And in addition to teaching Bible, Courtney is involved in what we call our Office of Spiritual Care and Worship uh, that, as she said, provides mental, social, emotional, and spiritual support for our students. Um, we, we haven't always had those support services at CCS, but over the last three years in particular, we've we've grown that office to meet the needs of our students. And it's a really vital part of, of how we help our students flourish within a school environment. So we're, we're thankful for, for these folks that do more than one duty. But today we're going to talk specifically about Bible. So what I'd love to do is just to start, and any of you can jump in at any point and say, why in the world with everything that we have to fit into a middle school and high school experience, uh, all the pressures that families feel for the things that show up on the ACT and the SAT, why would we choose to teach Bible and spend a semester each year? So so in the course of seven years of middle school, three and a half years ultimately of Bible, why in the world would we choose to do that and why is it important? So somebody jump in and help me out with that.
2: I'll jump in. And I think part of the answer can be With In our ninth grade classes, we're dealing a lot with uh, the foundations of a person's belief. And if in the marketplace of ideas, there are no neutral beliefs, everyone believes something to be true and it directs their actions, then we're asking the question of our students, what it is that you believe? And we believe that the Bible has some very specific things to say about reality and what is true and what is good. And we believe that a person's beliefs are going to dictate kind of how they see the world and see themselves and see other people especially. So I think it's really important that uh, our students are challenged with what it is they actually believe and where do they get those ideas from. And I would say that's really important. And I would say any parent would want their kid to be able to articulate that for themselves. Um, of course, I know all parents are going to be giving them what what they believe and hope that their kids also um I guess, adopt what, um, what their family values are. And we know that we have a lot of kids that don't come from uh, Christian homes, and we love that because it creates a great atmosphere in the classroom that we get to uh, provide a safe place for people to ask good questions, um, doubt things, and uh, deal with the fundamental issues of the world and reality. And we think that the Bible plays a significant role in how we understand that to be true.
0: And I, I, think I'll piggyback on that, and, and I'm not trying to be smart, um, but I just, my first response to the question is, why would you not want to study the Bible, um, given um, what uh, we here at CCS believe about the Bible—that that this is uh, a book that is given by God, and it is it, their riches to be mined. Um, this isn't a one-off. It's not a set of propositions. And so um, w- why wouldn't we want to learn how to better understand um, and read God's Word? So there are skills that that we're talking about in all of our classes and practicing. There are themes in the Bible that um, we we do mine, and I think year after year that there's there's a deepening. Um, I think perhaps a, a misunderstanding is that once you've understood the Bible or read it or you know a story, then you, you've got it. Um, but I think that developmentally in education and as human beings, we continue to grow and there's a deeper understanding and a greater coherence in our thinking. And then if the Bible, as it claims to, to, to do, makes us wise, and wise for salvation, and equips us uh, to live well in a in a world where there's all kinds of brokenness. Um, there, there's that whole piece too. It's so much more than knowledge. It's um, we're we're really interested in in helping every young person here grow in their wisdom and know how to navigate life and and live well um, in relationships and with parents and. Um, uh, and and to think really clearly in their other classes and and I don't want to talk too much here and I'm thinking that Courtney's probably ready to jump in or either one so go ahead.
3: Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that and we've actually all I'm teaching ninth grade but we Tim and I taught it together in the spring and now Barton and I and my course is ninth grade is a huge entry point for CCS and so we have um, students who have been here since kindergarten or sixth grade and then ninth grade too. And so it's a very foundational course. And we have done this activity on the first day where we asked them to build a tower with marshmallows and toothpicks. And they quickly find out that if they don't have a sturdy foundation, that their tower falls. And I think that's a really it's been a good image for me to think about um what we're up to here is that we're asking our kids that the foundation of our life is our beliefs and our beliefs um, our actions come out of our beliefs. And so we're helping our students to see from there we go into a lot of what you've already covered in the podcast, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, and to see that that the Bible is actually telling this really grand narrative and that their story fits into this big story. And um, I think for students in high school, even if you've grown up in a Christian home, they're in a developmental stage of individuating and They're becoming their own person and thinking, do I really believe this or what do I believe? And so we're providing a space for them to ask those questions, to think about what they believe and know that those beliefs really matter. They have consequences. And, And giving them this larger story in a world where we're all trying to find meaning and purpose and to say, actually, the Bible answers that question of identity and who you are and the purpose of your life. And so your story really fits into this story. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it can be really meaningful for students in this stage of life.
1: You hit on something that's really important for, I think, families to understand, and we talk about it a lot, and that is that, that let's just use ninth grade because it's already brought up. That's a big entry point for CCS. There are a lot of students that come in ninth grade. There are some that come in sixth. There are some that have been here since kindergarten. So from the, from the instructional standpoint of what's happened with those students that have been in kindergarten all the way through ninth grade, that's a different experience for them than many of the students that come in sixth and ninth grade. So in a lot of ways, right, it's, it can be sometimes like feeling like you're, you're teaching a subject like, like algebra two to someone that hasn't had algebra one, but it could also be their students that are ready for calculus Cause we have so much background and and so much prior knowledge of the grand narrative of scriptures the propositional truths the processing of mystery and the complexity of of this beautiful grand narrative some have done more of that than others so how do you deal with that in an environment where you have specific content you're trying to teach how do you structure that in order to make it meaningful and purposeful for a group of students that are coming at it from a whole perspective of prior knowledge how do you do that
2: one thing that i spend a lot of time in my classes doing is just asking good questions and that goes along with the how we are teaching question as uh, along with uh, what we're teaching and i think any student coming in regardless of where they land in terms of their experience with the bible um, the, the good questions are always going to relate so uh, who are you an identity question or where did the, all this stuff come from an origin question um, what's your purpose and meaning in life why am i here uh, or what what happens <laughs> at the very end you know, kids, kids are interested in all those things and they're dealing with all those things at various levels and any kid coming in is going to have that question regardless of where they land on the, the spectrum of biblical experience. And the Bible uh, actually has good answers for a lot of those questions. So I think for me and my classes, uh, asking those questions gets those students interested in those in those uh, issues that they experience on a daily basis. And then uh, I think another way of doing it is is helping them see that they have already a lot of unquestioned answers and uh, so unpacking that in front of them they start to realize oh yeah i actually do have an answer to this but i don't know where it came from and so then opening the bible eventually after we've gotten to the point of saying hey these are all really important things that we that we think about on a regular basis and it's important for you to think about them too because it actually matters for the rest of your life what you think about these things let's see what let's see what's out there let's see what what's out there in terms of answering those questions Uh, And I don't think a student needs to have necessarily prior experience of the Bible to see how at least some of those questions are answered. Uh, And then I think once you start giving those answers, then we can start saying, well, are these answers valid? Um, Let's then compare a little bit. We do in Freshman Bible a little bit of a worldview analysis with other religions, and we just take excerpts from um, different texts. And I know there's often been a discussion at CCS about why we would— use other texts other than the Bible, the Quran or the Vedas or the Bhagavad Gita, which is always a fun word to say. Um, and I think it's, it's to say, hey, lots of people have answered these really important questions uh, in the course of, of history. So where does the Bible land in its validity and um, in, in its correspondence to what we experience? And I don't think any anyone needs to have an experience prior or going to church to say, oh, I can I can line these up and see in this class and community of people that we're learning in whether or not the Bible um, has something good for me to, to know and to investigate.
0: I'm, my, my mind's kind of going in some different direction, number, from things that Barton just said. But one of the things that struck me is that, uh, what, what I'm finding is that very often students who have less biblical knowledge are asking questions in class that, as Barton just suggested, that maybe our students who have a fair bit of biblical knowledge have never asked, um, or who haven't asked in a long time, and now they're at a different stage in life, and different context, and developmentally. And so it happened today in class. A student who has a lot less biblical knowledge than probably average students here just keeps asking great questions. And um, this particular student today asked a question that I've never had a student ask. Um, and it just it, it set us all on um, a, a deeper pursuit of, of what Scripture was saying and what we were talking about today. So I think that um, a, a, a communal approach, really, and thinking about what different students with their different contexts, different levels of scriptural knowledge have to offer to one another, what I'm also seeing, and in, in my class, one of the things we talk a great deal about is, is promise and fulfillment, and that the Old Testament, we have these, the foreshadowing and promises made, and in the New Testament, we have the realities in Jesus Christ and fulfillment of those things, and, and that, um, that there are students who have a much deeper understanding, or know more of the Old Testament stories. But rather than my telling the stories, they're the ones who get to tell the stories. It's good for them. Um, together they put the pieces together. Together they respond to the students who don't know the story. What's that about? And so I, I, it doesn't always play out that way in class, but that's, that's really one of my goals is to have the students bringing their different gifts, their different questions, their different level of knowledge, um, to serve one another in class, that's, that's really what I'd like to see a lot more of. Um, so that students who may think they know everything, um, while they certainly need to grow in wisdom if that's what they think, um, they have a lot to offer, and part of it is learning how to teach this and share this and see what their neighbors have to bring as well.
3: Yeah, I think that they're the curiosity of students who haven't really thought of it Uh, or have a a lot of biblical knowledge, maybe. Um, I think it prompts our other students who maybe are thinking more concretely to think a little bit more abstractly about Scripture and how it applies to them. And so I think that can be a really helpful dynamic. But I guess the two words I was thinking of as we were talking about the environment in a Bible room is I think it requires a lot of, about Bible teaching in the classroom, is that it requires a lot of humility. And I think a, I think shame can also play a part in Bible in a different way. I think it, we've talked about it on the podcast. I've heard, um, in the classroom, it can play a big part, but I think especially in Bible, I've heard, and I've asked students, um, in like private surveys online for them to ask me like about sharing in class. But I think there is this shame. I don't know if you guys experienced this, but For the students I've taught, there's this shame of, like, what if I get it wrong and then I'll be wrong about the Bible? (laughs) Like, I don't want to be wrong about God and the Bible. And so I think we can demonstrate um, an openness to, like, asking questions and standing in front of them and saying, I don't really completely know all the answers here, but I want to ask the questions with you and, and be curious with you. And I think that can really help to create an environment where students from all different backgrounds can feel more open to share.
1: Yeah, if y'all, you've identified each of you something different that's critical um, and core to the, the the essence of CCS and the application of life at CCS. One of those is we really believe really strongly that essential questions uh, and asking those right essential questions is formative in developing enduring understanding. So I appreciate Barton engaging that. And Tim really emphasized the beauty of the embodiment of God's call to community if a Bible class looks like that, where students from all different kind of backgrounds relative to their church experience are actually engaged in conversations, one learning from the other. And, and what we realize, those of us who have grown up in faith traditions all of our lives, I'm 54 years old, I can't point to a time that I wasn't a Christian, It was just a life experience that I was privileged to have, being brought up by very faithful Christian parents, what I've realized over time is how much I learned from people who are new in their faith and and the innocence and, and, and really the openness to perspectives that I've kind of not thought about because I've been entrenched in a certain way. Or the ability to think carefully about we should have a rigorous pursuit of truth. We should take that really seriously. But God's a personal God. And the beauty of that personal incarnation is it's not about getting the Bible right or getting the Bible wrong. It really is about a God who engages us and meets us where we're at. And and that shame comes from not a a complete understanding, right? The devil twists identity to be all about performance and all about me. And and God in Jesus Christ says, no, that's not really it's about it. It really is about what I'm doing in and through you. And about this sacrifice that's been made that's gracious and merciful and wonderful and, and, and the, that that victory's already been won, right? We wake up every day understanding that our Father is pleased with us. Um, but that takes a long time to process and that's a really important um, – the context of what you all guys have described is a, is a really important part of the learning experience overall – so what are, what are some of the specific things as you've thought about your experience at CCS and teaching, whether it's a narrative or, or some propositional truth or whatever that is, or a key question? What are the things that you've really enjoyed? What are some of the specific Bible instructional experiences, maybe more on the curricular side, that you all have enjoyed in your time teaching Bible? Don't all talk at once
2: now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> We're all trying to... Uh...
2: I just keep going at first be every humble. time. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. continue.
3: Well, I'll tell you something about something I did last week with my students that, and I'm, I come from a counseling background, so I might be bringing a lot more feelings into the room than people bring, want me to. Bring me them too. on. But, I'll take the feelings. Yeah, um, too. So I, we talked about the baptism of Jesus and we've been talking about the Trinity and our, we're in a unit right now called who is God. And, so no big deal, but a huge question. So <laughs> we have been hanging out in the Trinity and talking about the fact that God himself is the um, origination of love, that he is love. He's not just loving, but that he is love and that he created out of relationship for relationship and um, and helping them understand like why loneliness feels so painful is because that we were actually really created and hardwired for relationship. Um, and so then I had them – I've mentioned Kurt Thompson before, and I really like his work. And he has a meditation exercise on the baptism of Jesus and feeling God's pleasure. And so, I just asked the students—it was a risk—but I asked them to be like to cl- close their eyes and to take some deep breaths and imagine themselves in a beautiful place and imagine God's presence in whatever way that that takes form. And for them to imagine that God is saying those words over you, like you are my daughter or my son, whom I love, with whom I'm so well pleased and I'm so glad you're on the earth. And it was just really, I was really impressed by their willingness. I mean, I teach ninth graders, so I was impressed by their willingness to, to participate in the exercise and, and just this idea of like, we talked about it in our Bible department meeting this morning, but it's hard to connect this head knowledge to your heart. I mean, teaching the Bible is different than math, you know? It, and so it was a really cool experience for them to also say, yes, this, the baptism of Jesus is the beginning of his ministry and there's so much there for us to know And there's also so much there for us to experience because he's standing in our place. And so Hmm. he is the one that God, the words that God is the father is saying over him are true of us too. And so it was just, it was a cool experience for me. And I I get passionate about those connections for them um, personally.
2: We are, um, my first unit is essentially the idea of truth. Does it exist? One, if it does exist, where does it come from? and is the source uh, trustworthy and so we get into a lot of great discussion i don't open the bible really for several weeks in my class um, to get kind of get everyone on the same page and the very first exercise and i probably enjoyed a little bit too much is pretending to be a um, atheist professor at a college university and basically challenging every student in there to um, like prove god exists or give me an articulation of why you're a christian and it kind of brings everybody to the same level. And, but they all at the end ask, why did I do that? And they all say, well, you needed to tell us, you know, that we don't know everything, or you need to show us that, you know, we're going to come up against these obstacles. And I said, you know, those are not bad things, but no one in here asked me what my story was. No one saw me as a person behind the arguments or a person behind the beliefs. And uh, I'm still waiting for that. Shining moment where a student raises their hand and says, um, "Dr. Rock, which is my alter ego, <laughs> and I—I I don't have the answers for you, but I—that you're looking for right now. But I'd love to come to your office afterwards and talk about your experience and how did you come to the conclusions that you have come to, and really share my story and and treat me as a person that is to be loved and cared for rather than an argument to be won. And that's—I think it really gets from my experience all the students. Are, at that point, I've got them. Like they're in because they thought they maybe this class would just be a set of propositional truths or it'd be a, just a bunch of stories or verses they need to memorize. But instead, the goal is when they leave my classroom, my hope is that they start to see um, that there are people, real people that are broken and that God loves behind the things that they're saying. And if we can get at that and if we can see them as those things, then uh, it's going to be a lot easier for that person. You, I tell them this, you might be the first person that they have ever met that treats them like another human being to be cared for. Uh, and that might be the first time they actually meet Jesus um, because that's who he is. And so let's, let's start acting like that. And... Um, so that's, that's my favorite this day one, just getting in there in the trenches with them and, and reshaping and reorienting their hearts towards uh, the people that they'll be interacting with, with the knowledge that they end up with uh, from my class. I
0: don't think that I can, um, I don't know if I can top Dr. Rock. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> but I love it, that. actually. That's so good. But I can segue, and that is. Um, you know, wanting our students to meet Jesus themselves um, again and again, um, and and for the first time in some cases, and and as we know Jesus, we're going to want other people to know. And the Holy Spirit lives in us, and as we've been talking about in Acts two and throughout Acts, um, God calls us to be witnesses. But it's it's. It's not witnesses in word alone, it's our very lives. It's embodied, it's even our deaths are witnesses. And it's to what, and X says again and again, it's actually to resurrection. It's to this power, it's to a hope of, and a, and a way to live life differently. And so if our students are interacting with Jesus and knowing him better, they are gonna introduce others to Jesus. And it's gonna be winsome and it's gonna be more humble. And so I think for me, I inherited this class, and there's, there's one question in Bible 10, and, and it's through the epistles and, and context in the New Testament, but who is Jesus? And that is, and, and I'm older than Chad, and I, I grew up in a Christian home as well. Um, a lot of, of mountains and valleys throughout my years but I still need to think about that question every day, not be abstractly, although I certainly, it enriches my thinking and living if I'm thinking about Jesus as more than, uh, let's say the word Lord, but if I'm also thinking of him as good shepherd or as the way or as the Messiah, um, that's gonna make a difference for me in, in terms of my thinking and how I live, but um, it's, it's also going to change my heart Um, It's going to change how I relate to people. And so the privilege of coming back to that question often through the back door or sometimes, and often through Old Testament accounts, Jesus talking about the sign of Jonah. Um, So we'd go back and look at Jonah and what's that story all about? And whales, and somebody said, well, you know, do you really think that's true? What about all the acids in the stomach of that fish? And you know, just having really good questions and, and then coming back and say, why did Jesus talk about that? And clearly, Jesus believed it was true. And what does that mean for us today? If, if the sign of Jonah is for us and Jesus lives today, that's going to make a difference in my freedom to be able to admit, either personally or my students, I've got a lot of anxiety today. What do we do now with that anxiety? Um. Well, besides St. Courtney, which I send a lot of people that direction, <laughs> um, and a shout out to, to my colleagues, and I really mean that, I mean, in complete honesty, how good it is to have people like Courtney and Barton, and, but um, that you can go to Jesus too. And, and I want to set up Barton here on this too, because um, we are talking in our department about practices as well. And things like prayer and Bible reading. And Courtney, too, you've thought about that a lot. But um, so I want to set you up with it. You know, that, that if you want to speak to practices, I think that's something we're longing for. We don't feel like we've got that all figured out.
2: But jump in. Oh, I think kind of going back to what I said earlier about belief um, driving action the essential question in my class the juniors have to answer is why does it matter if you are a christian and you can just replace christian with belief like why does it matter if you believe and i pause there and my hope is that eventually they come they they say actually mr stone the real question is why does it matter if i'm a christian for other people Um, because you can have all the answers. We go through the case for the resurrection and historical evidence and philosophical evidence for the empty tomb and for the resurrection and for why the Bible is reliable and trustworthy. And I I give them all these, you know, answers where they can be confident in what they believe. But then after fall break, essentially they're going to come back and I'm going to hit them with this. So what? So what if it's all true? Does it actually matter to you? Does it actually, is it efficacious in your life? Does it affect the way you live? And I think the spiritual practices is something that, you know, whether it's prayer or meditation or just being silent and being quiet, or um, rest, what does rest really mean? Those things we have a really hard time with, and especially in our society, in our culture, as a Western developed world, we, um, we oftentimes focus so much on the answer to these questions Instead of, well, what do I love? What are these things that I actually love? And yes, our belief drives those things. But we can have so many false beliefs. We can things have things that we say are true, and we believe that they're true. But if we look at our lives, they don't match up. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the semester and asking that question. And I think digging into practices like reading scripture really well and just sitting with it. Just you know, I don't have, I don't need to have three points at the end of my lesson as practical application, I can just have them look at James and it says, you know, you say these things with your mouth, but you you do nothing. If someone comes to you and, and they are cold and hungry and you say, um, peace be with you, be, be warm and be fed and you don't give them anything, <laughs> those <laughs> don't match up. So so if you say, I'm a Christian, I believe these things are true, well, that's great, but so what? Um, and, and so what for others too? And I think that we need to spend more time and figuring out how um, we are practicing the things—the very things that we're saying—are actually true.
1: Uh, one of the things I hope for in this podcast was, as we brought teachers in, that that parents could see the the diversity of perspective around the things that we believe are absolutely true. So I think what what I hope you hear um, in Tim and Barton and Courtney is a different way of going about. Uh, the pursuit of that truth in a way that actually shapes and forms our lives and and really leads to human flourishing. But it's exciting to me um, to think about even if it would happen for me to have grandchildren, because all my children are grown and I have one granddaughter and she's really, really little. Um, but the idea that she would be able to experience in a high school, right, Courtney and Barton and Tim, all teaching this beautiful grand narrative of scripture and the truth that is found therein, but teaching it in a in a way that's really human and incarnational, so that when you hear the 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 way that Tim or Barton or Courtney responds to the question that I ask, it's a it's a it's nuanced. It's a bit different, uh, but that's such a beautiful experience that students can have over that period of time, and it's part of the reason why we don't have the same Bible teacher in every single grade because we want them to experience. The the beauty that you bring as bearers of God's image. So I, I want to thank you uh, for that as you as you walk that forward. But any we're at we're 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 cl- getting close to the time uh, we'll be finished. Um, Courtney, just as you were listening to those guys, is is there anything you want to add? And, and maybe you can have the final word before we wrap this up.
3: Final word. Wow, what an honor. Um, yeah, I was just thinking too as we think about we really we really care about who our students become, and and so this is about them becoming, and um, so I think it matters for in our classes and at CCS, but it also matters for the rest of their life. And um, I think about a quote that Eric Youngbud, he's the pastor at Rock Creek, he um, often references it, but he says that Jesus looked upon all humanity and was opposed to its ruin. And he propped himself up against the ruin of the world. And I just think that, that helping our students to see this grand narrative, but where they fit in that and how they get to be little Christ who propped themselves up against the ruin of the world. And so it will look really different in a lot of different ways. But this spending time in in Bible and at CCS and in all of the different aspects of their learning is learning – who God has made them to be in that very individual way, but for the benefit and the flourishing of the world and that they would be opposed to its ruin. So I just was thinking of that.
1: It's a, it's a great way to wrap up our time together. So I want to, I want to thank Tim and Barton and Courtney for being here. Again, I want to thank Heath for being the brains behind all of this and for making this work. So we really appreciate that um this is we, there's, there's this week we'll do one next week and and at that point when that one comes out our, our folks will be on fall break so we're, we're looking forward to a little break from our time uh at ccs we've we've been in this for six weeks and we have four days right we have four days to be able to four school days off i think it'll be great for our students but i i, I think i hope i hope that all of you are listening are also praying for our faculty and administration during this time that that they get to experience rest uh, from these very important labors. So thank you all for listening and, and we'll be back with you again soon. Have a good day.